rejection that will never be experienced for Allah Allah Ta'ala grants acceptance to the du'as and the praise of all believers and we send salawat in abundance upon the beloved Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if we are unworthy and if we do not have courage of the tongue and sincerity in the heart in sending salawat upon the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us a suitable and effective prescription in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you do not consider yourselves worthy but you do not consider yourself sincere enough to send salawat upon my beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and say, Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad that, O oh Allah, you send salawat upon the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on behalf of us. For surely we are defective, we may not be sincere, nor may we be worthy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect, Allah has no faults. So therefore when we delegate this task unto Allah ta'ala, and we mandate this task unto Allah ta'ala to send salawat upon the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then the salawat and Allah ta'ala confers upon him is perfect, even though it has been besieged by those of us who are imperfect, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still grants us to rewards. So this is the mercy of Allah ta'ala, and this is the beauty of the compassion of Allah and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala in the beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and sending salawat upon him. Inshallah we should shine and increase us and shine. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, Atsiru salawatun alayhi yom al-jum'ah fa'inahu mashrudun washadu malayika. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if you are going to reserve a day to send salawat upon me, then deserve a day of Friday. Because especially on the day of Friday, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases the blessings associated with sending salawat upon the beloved Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not only did the beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that it is witnessed by me, that it is also witnessed by the malaika and the angels that convey your salat and your salam upon me. And the Sahaba asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what about after you leave this world? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, even after I leave this world, for Nabi Prophet sallallahu alayhi because the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remain alive and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfectly at given sustenance. So there is absolutely no question that when the beloved prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leave this world, they travel into a different dimension which is the closest of proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But ma'azallah astaghfirullah may be never from amongst those who say astaghfirullah that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have died and they no longer exist in Allah ta'ala protect us from that. Alhamdulillah, dear brothers in Islam, on the day of Friday, we often try to uh, choose a discussion that we can constrain within the time limit and I feel that in the past uh, few Jum'ahs, unfortunately at times we do not have sufficient time uh, to comprehensively uh, complete our subject of discussion. And uh, this would be with any subject of Islam because it is so vast and so expensive that there are so many subtopics to it, there are so many permutations, there are so many connotations. So when you start with one simple subject, for example, to say that before doing any good action, read Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. This is such a vast subject that I will explain to you in a tafsir that is studied during the course of Darsal Islam or the Ulama course. There is a tafsir known as Tafsir Bilbali. In the commentary of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, only on the letter A, 
the commencement of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim only on the letter bar, there are 17 chapters in commentary only on the letter bar of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim which the Quran commences with. So if Islam, Alhamdulillah, is so deep, let us make shukran and thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah has given us this most beautiful and perfect religion, inshaAllah. Make us amongst those who show gratitude every day of our lives. And another reason that we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the gift of Islam is that Islam has transformed us mentally, has transformed us psychology, has transformed us physically and spiritually to the point where when one does not believe in Allah and one does not believe in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they may be the richest people on earth, they may be the strongest physical man on earth, they can be the most intelligent man in secular education on earth. And if they possess all these qualities, where in society would deem them as from amongst the most prominent of human beings, if Allah has not blessed them with La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then even the poorest man and the physically weak man and the man who has no status in the world among society, but if Allah has blessed him with La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah to someone superior than those on the worldly level who may seem better than him, but in the one who had created him, in his opinion, he is better than those. So when we wake up every day as a Muslim, remember there must be a certain level of confidence that we must have about us. There must be a certain level of boldness we must have about us. We must exude and demonstrate courage. We must demonstrate wisdom, we must demonstrate foresight and vision because Allah Ta'ala has given us the constitution of the Qur'an which is able to be the solution for every single problem that is aiding mankind and humanity in this day. Allah Ta'ala has given us a practical example of the Beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that sets us apart from the rest of society that do not even know how to carry themselves appropriately, that do not even know how to pray to the one who created them, that do not do not even know how to live their lives in a regulated manner. Do not even know what is accountability and taking self-accountability for their actions, not only in this world but in the hereafter. Islam gives us a higher form of thinking. Islam gives us the best type of psychology. And therefore, every Muslim that walks upon the streets, on any road, in any suburb, in any area, in any city, in any province, in any country, the nation walk with a certain level of confidence about them because Allah Ta'ala elevated them and made them from among the best of those who had not only lived in the era but had come before them because of their affiliation in belief to Allah and His beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi But today what do we find? Today we find that people in the Muslim community we have become psychologically damaged. We have lost our confidence. We have lost our boldness. We have once lost our sense of superiority as believers over those who are non-believers. Rather, we want to integrate and try and be like them. We want to follow their ways, we want to follow their mannerisms, we want to follow their ways of speaking, we want to follow their ways of thinking, we want to follow their ways of dressing. Because they have a psychology which is the way us with, which is called the self-image psychology. That the moment they instill in us a sense of insecurity, 
and they instilled in us lack of confidence, lack of contentment in what we possess, then they are able to overpower us and rule us and dominate us by commercialism or by us thinking that we are not good enough to be fitting into society and to be successful in society. And this is the self-image psychology that is used widely around the world today. It is used by governments, it is used by corporations, it is used by industry to make a woman think that the self-worth is less than what it actually is, plant the seed of insecurity, take away their confidence, take away their bravery, take away their pride, not pride in a destructive sense, but pride where they are pleased with themselves. And once you have human beings that are not happy with who they are, are not happy with the way they look, are not happy with where they live, because society now has raised the standard that if you don't look a certain way, if you don't talk a certain way, if you don't dress a certain way, if you don't live a certain way, then you are not considered from amongst those who are successful in society, and therefore you have to become a slave to corporations, you have to become a slave to governments in order for us to reach that fantasy which is unattainable. So we mess with our minds, make us think we are not good enough. And today it is a very, very prevalent problem amongst the young society that they will instill in their minds that this is the diagram of success. This is what success should look like. If you have not achieved this, then you are an unsuccessful person. And because there is so much pressure on the roof of today to deliver and to aspire to reach that status where they become the object of admiration of society, then many of us realistically, and many of them realistically, cannot attain this dream and they find themselves depressed. They find themselves in panic attacks. They find themselves going through anxiety and mental restlessness. Why? It is not because they are not blessed from Allah, but rather society and governments and corporations have made them feel that what you have is inadequate and you will never be recognized from amongst the successful of this world. So, we need to understand that when we have said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu, Allah has chosen us to be from amongst the greatest of work upon the earth. Allah has chosen us to be the flag bearers of society. Allah Ta'ala has chosen us to be the beacons of light. Allah Ta'ala has chosen us to be the standard bearers, to be the soul setters of what humanity should follow. But rather, instead of us becoming leaders of humanity, we have become followers of this disdainful humanity and this disgusting humanity as perverted by the un-Islamic world. So where is the problem here? This is a device that is used. Allah Ta'ala warned us about it in Holy Quran. That when people take power over you, when people take power over you, whether it is on a governmental level, whether it is on a corporate level, when they subject you and subjugate you to their desires in order to exploit you for profit, then Allah says the first thing that they do when they dominate you is they corrupt you. They corrupt the mind from thinking straight, from trying to understand what is truly a blessing and what is truly a difficulty and a misfortune. You see, this is where our mind first becomes clouded. When we can't recognize what is the blessing of Allah. And we can't recognize that even the test from Allah and the difficulty is the, the blessing of Allah is disguised as a difficulty. We are all saying that we have some problem in life that is insurmountable. We never get over it. But rather than look at it with the vision of demand and say that this is the test of Allah that He has given me, because Allah is a Allah loves a people and He will test them. 
So when you are facing your test, whatever test it may be, brothers and sisters of Islam, firstly, when you receive news or information about the test, not throw out your hands in disarray and in desperation. And what am I going to do? Do not feel dejected, but smile to say, this test is an indication that Allah loves me. And as long as we have that firm belief in our heart that Allah loves me, when Allah loves someone, Allah is amazed with them. And when Allah is always with them, we place our trust in Allah, and Allah will be sufficient for us, as the Quran says. So when the difficulty comes, see, there was an exercise that was done by a visionary of a sheikh that amongst all his disciples, they came to him every day complaining about the magnitude of the problems that they are facing in life. And so no, and I often experience this in the past year as well. Alhamdulillah, people find me easy to speak to, and every day I would hear a lament of someone, we try to reassure them, we try to give advice, and know that Allah Ta'ala gives them peace, and Allah Ta'ala, as we said, if a chest is what Allah gives you an indication to show his love for you, then when you pray to Allah, do not pray to Allah to remove the chest, but because you ask Allah Ta'ala to remove something that essentially, and on the overview, is good for you, but rather ask Allah, Ya Allah, if the chest is to show your love for me, sustain the chest, and grant me the strength to endure the test and to be patient during this test. That is where we're all from. So he did an exercise and he said to everyone, it's really, it has come to the fore that everyone is experiencing some type of difficulty. So everyone should write down the difficulty of their life, the problem that they are facing, which they think is unmanageable. Write it down on a piece of paper and put it in a box. I think we'll try that in the masjid one day. So, inshallah, we won't have anybody writing any notes and putting it in that box. We may draw for that. So everyone did as they were told, they put it in the box, it was shuffled. And then the chef said to them, but now everyone of you come and take a piece of paper from the box. It's not necessary to go to the walls, it is whatever someone else wrote. And the first man that came, he took a piece of paper from the box. You opened it, he read it, he folded it, he put it back inside. He picked up another one, you opened it. He read it, he folded it, he put it back inside. And he did this numerous times. And the chef said that you are only allowed to choose one. Why are you choosing continuously? And why are you not satisfied with what you're choosing? He said, after reading what I have chosen, I'm looking for my own problem so that I can get it back. Do you understand the logic of that? Meaning that what I was going to is not as bad as me reading what the others around me have been going through. So therefore, when I put my problem in the box thinking I am going to the worst situation, when I get what other people are going through, I'm looking for my own problem because I'm better off facing my own problem than the problems that others are facing. So that was the logic behind it. So, the first thing that happens is they take away our confidence by causing the corruption. And what is the next thing that they do? Waja'adu a'izzata ahliha azilla. And those who are respected in the community, those from whom people take guidance, that they take away the respect of these people. And that is what is happening today with the media. Those who are respected, those who have good intentions, whether you look at any country around the world, those who are revolutionary, those who are changing the way the world thinks, those who are openly speaking out against corrupt governments, that's very much they are conspiracies. 
that governments create and attach to these prominent people to make them look bad and to make them lose respect in the eyes of the people because they know that these are the influential people who have captured the hearts of the people that will eventually cause the people to rebel against us. So they take the importance of And this is happening in Saudi Arabia. This is happening in Pakistan. This is happening in many countries. When those who are now openly speaking out against the corruption of governments and trying to rejuvenate and divide a spirit of Islam amongst the believers, the governments are imprisoning them. The governments are making them disappear. Or the governments are creating and fabricating scandals to take away the respect of those people. And this is how the media is controlled. So the Quran says that this is the way they do it. That they will create facade in this way by taking away the respect of respectful people who are going to bring them back to the path of Allah and Rasulullah. Allah says, that is how we do it. This is a plan. Allah, Allah has given us the plan of those who just believe, of those who are to manipulate us mentally. But yet we do not look into the Quran for the answers. Another way that it is done is to tell us that we don't have the power to do anything. You know, we sit here today very, very unsatisfied with our government, as is most countries in the world. But yet, we are incapacitated. We cannot do anything about it. We are 60 million people being ruled over by probably 130 or 40 parliamentarians that make decisions regarding our lives. Then we say that the power of the people will always be greater than the people in power. The power of the people will always be greater than the people in power, but they have subdued us. They have caught, they have made us, our lives revolve around no electricity, no water, stay at the roads. They have made and concealed our minds, I'm not saying these are minor things, these are real world problems. But they have made our very existence be ruled by our irritation and our frustrations of these simple things. And the bigger picture that happens which minds we are preoccupied with the small things the victims are going on behind the scenes which we do not know about. This is simply to cloud us. This is a lesson in distraction. This is a lesson in diversion. But these are the way they manipulate us. This was the same thing that was done by the hypocrites in Madina to Mayawara. When the, the call for the battle of Badr came, and the Muslims with their very, very meager equipment and resources, 330 of them are leaving Medina to Allah to fight against the strong might of the Quraysh. What did the hypocrites do? And when the hypocrites saw 330 Muslims going out to fight a thousand Quraysh, those with sickness in their hearts, what did they say? That their religion has deceived them. Why? Because the deen said to them that Allah will support you in this war. That you are fighting for the sake of Allah. If you are victorious and you live, Allah will bless you. If you die, you are still victorious and Allah will bless you with eternal life in the hereafter. So this was the belief of the Muslims when they set out. They did not say that we are facing a thousand men, let's stay behind. No. They said we have Allah with us and Allah will send his help. But the Munafiqin tried to take away the confidence, tried to take away the bravery by some good at them. 332, no weapons, no horses, no cameras, but if I such a strong army, this deal that they are believing in, that will give them, that they feel will give them victory, this deal is deceiving them. And what did Allah say? That they took and say what you want. 
deject them, take away their confidence, give them insecurity, give them fear. And Allah is saying to the believers, let them say what they want. But I'm saying to you, all my servants, if you put your trust in Allah, Allah is mighty and Allah is wise. So whenever someone tells you or tries to take away your confidence and say to you, you can't do something, then what do you say? I have a tawakkal in Allah. And when you have tawakkal in Allah, that builds confidence in a person. Why? Because in Allah, I know me. Allah is always with the believers. When the Prophet was in the cave, he said, Abu Bakr, what did he say? He said, Abu Bakr, he became fearful that they would be caught out. He did not fear just for himself. But he feared that they would be caught out and harm will come to the Prophet and what did the Prophet say to him? Don't be fearful. In Allah, Allah is with us. So whenever you find that people want to take away your confidence and your bravery and your boldness about being content and being happy with who you are as a Muslim, they will say that I do not care what the world thinks of me. But the one who created it, he said, But I believe Allah has created me in the best of worlds. Allah has made be better than that. So to all the youngsters, let not your self-confidence be taken away by the world which wants to make you think that you are less than what you are. Sayyidina Usama radiallahu he was dark-skinned. And by young way, again, this is what the world says. The world says, if you are dark-skinned, you are not beautiful. That you must have fair complexion, you must have blue eyes. That is a testament to beauty. We don't believe that. What do we believe as to be beautiful? Inna Allah la yanzuru ila ajsamikum. Allah does not look at your body. Wa la yanzuru ila suwalikum. Allah does not look to the complexion of your faces. Wa la yanzuru ila tunubikum. Allah looks to the piety in your heart. Inna aklamakum inda Allahi atqaqum. That the most exalted of you and the most beautiful of you in the eyes of Allah those who have the most taqwa. So we do not believe the standard of beauty that the world of God. But nevertheless, human beings throughout the ages have always had this, this notion that a certain appearance or a certain color of skin or certain hair shade or certain eye color makes a person beautiful. So says Osama who he saw a gift was given to the Prophet which was a beautiful cloak. And the first thing he said, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi I would love to wear that cloak. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, without hesitation, gave him the cloak. And this was a gift from the king. Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi never declined anybody. Sayyidina Osama Rasulullah did not want to wear the cloak because it looked fantastic and would have made him feel more valuable than he already was, but he wanted it because it was attached to the body of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi And so when he wore the cloak, he began to look at him and say, Oh Osama, you are nobody. You are dark skinned. You are not handsome. You are not noted as a beautiful man in this city. But now you feel by wearing the cloak that it must belong to a king that now you have become someone superior. You have like the subtle uh, pride about yourself. And he said to them that it is not because of the cloak I wear. That he said the king that gave this cloak to the Prophet son Rasam, I'm better than him. Allah khairi me. He said, I am better than him because this me, La ilaha illallah, we can work at worship at that my father is better than his father. Why? Because my father was La ilaha illallah. So that does not, is not a reflection of what we were. If you have La ilaha illallah, Allah Ta'ala is embellished, Allah Ta'ala is not adorned our bodies, but Allah Ta'ala is adorned our hearts with beauty. And that is what matters. So that is one, one example 
of the Sahaba and the confidence that they had in themselves. The moment you could shake them over, you could make them see yes or not, they knew they were worse in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is one example, and I give two examples and try to go through very quickly, inshallah. The first example is brothers, we have a responsibility to receive confidence in our fellow to bring them down. Do not tell them that you are useless, that you are doing a waste of time, that you are uh, doing an exercise in futility. No, encourage each other, make each other feel good, increase the confidence. That is how one Muslim does to another, but we don't find that in our society today. That today, everyone wants to pick false in the others rather than deny them of their admirable qualities. That there was a man who was also not very wealthy, he was a dead one. Not very handsome, not noted by the people, rejected by society. Zaytul Haram, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Then one day, he was standing in the marketplace and he's selling his goods. And the people were not really attracted to him, nor they inclined to him, because he did not have this aristocracy about himself. And so the Prophet said, noting that people were walking past him and not giving him too much attention, the Prophet said, I went and grabbed him from the back. Now, all of a sudden, people's eyes are always on the Prophet's eyes. And anybody who attaches himself or who the Prophet some attached to became important in the eyes of the people. So the Prophet said, this man is not even noticed by anyone. The Prophet grabbed him from the back. And the Prophet asked him, who is holding you? And he said, Abu Bakr. And the Prophet said, no. And he said, no. The Prophet said, no. He said, no. The Prophet said, no. He said, Ali. The Prophet said, no. The Prophet said, Oh Zayn, do not recognize me. And he said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even before you embrace me, I already recognized you by the beautiful flavors that I was receiving in my nose. He said, Ya Rasulullah, when you help me, I knew it was you, because I could see a light surrounding me, and I could feel the warmth and the softness of your touch. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the reason why I did not identify you immediately, because I wanted to prolong this embrace that you had with me. I, I if I had recognized or identified you with the first name that you would have let go of the same place. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said to the people, who will buy this slave from me? And Zayn Haram said, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nobody will buy, I am worthless. I am valued at nothing. Nabi Sallallahu said, that all things to them, you are worthless to me, you are priceless. I cannot even attach a value to you. Now imagine what that did to the heart of Zayn Haram, a man who has downtrodden, a man who people are not worthless. Simply this one act by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, him and gave him such a confidence that now I am recognized by Allah is Rasul. Why do I have to care whether people in this marketplace give me worth or not. So we let us encourage each other. The boldness of the Sahaba, one more and complete each other. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Huzaka ibn Sahmi, let us look at his confidence and his boldness. Now remember that the Romans had always fought against the Muslims and the Romans had always lost against the Muslims. There was one battle where there was 40,000 Muslims that fought against 200,000 of the Roman enemy. And when the two leaders of the army met, the Romans said, you are outnumbered, you are going to be beaten easily, surrender. And the leader of the Muslims said to him and he laughed on his face and said, We are 40,000, we are 200,000. But the difference is, Inna ya qawman yuhibbuna al-mawta tamatu hibbuna al-khamdu wa nisa. He said, the difference is that I have men with me who love just in the past of Allah more than your soldiers love women and wine. 
Now, when you use a hit and answer like that, or maybe you know you are fighting an army that cannot be conquered because either they will have victory in, 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 in battle or they will have victory to death. How do we speak so many in situations? So, we have always begun to know about the boldness of the Muslims and the courage of the Muslims and why can't we defeat them? We are superior army. Why can't we defeat them? Then there was a bit of an impression that was created that there is something special about the Sahaba. That it is not only human, it is something there that maybe in your bloodline they are courageous, they are brave. You know, today when people uh, want to, okay, it's a different example, but anyways, they find there was something there about the Sahaba. So there was a Roman king who heard that a certain group of Muslims were in his land. He sent his soldiers to capture one of them. And they captured Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Hudafah who was a messenger of the Prophet to chase and they brought him. Now he, this Roman king, believed that there was something in the genes of Muslims that made them great and great. So the first thing he said to him was that accept Christianity and marry my daughter and I will give you half my kingdom. Because he wanted his progeny to be infused with Muslim blood for the sake of bravery. So Sayyidina Abdullah said, if you can give me the world and its entirety, I will not go against my kingdom. And so, when a king is rejected, he becomes angry, becomes upset. And so he says that I will kill you. And so he said to his soldiers that crucify him, that shoot arrows, close to his hand and see to try and intimidate him and make him scared so that he might go back on what he said. And when they did that, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abdullah just smiled at him. Then they said we have to do something more extreme. So they brought a big cauldron of burning oil. And they took one of the Muslim soldiers and threw him inside. He became shahid to the point where his flesh was now being fried on his bones. And they said to Abdullah ibn Mu'adhi, if you don't accept this is what is going to happen to you. And he said, to do as you please. I'm not going to go against the deal of Islam, which is too strong in my heart. And so they put him on this conveyor, and as they are about to drop him in, Abdullah ibn Mu'adhi begins to cry. And they thought, right, you broke him now. And he said, why are you crying? You are feeling okay? He said, I'm only crying because Allah has blessed me with one soul, which I'm going to give today. I'm hoping that Allah, Allah is wishing that Allah bless me with the amount of souls that are on the hairs of my body so that I can sacrifice every soul for him. Hearing this, you know you are not going to break that enemy. So they put him in prison. And they said, starve him. And they starved him for many days. And after being starved to the point of death, they brought wine and pork. And they said, eat. And they refused. And they said, we cannot break this man. That was his confidence. And he said, we cannot break this man. And they said, but you are dying. Why can't, why won't you drink wine and eat pork? He says, in this case, it is permissible for to drink wine and to eat pork, but I will not give you the satisfaction of eating it. So therefore, I, 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 I and finally the king said that I cannot break you. I understand your story. All I'm saying to you is give me a kiss on my forehead and you ask me to leave. I said, you are in the Quran, and I said, what do you mind for you when you are other Muslim prisoners before as well? He said, yes. And he gave him a kiss on his forehead, and he said, no, that Allah, I am kissing the forehead of this young believer for the bigger purpose of saving my Muslim brothers, not for saving myself. 
I imagine from wanting to kill the Sahaba of the Prophet he's level of confidence that enemy even became dejected and said that I will only be honored if you kiss me on my forehead because such a great person does not walk upon the earth. And when he returned to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu and explained to him what had happened, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu said, everyone should kiss the forehead of Abdullah ibn Mudafa and I Umar will be the first to kiss his forehead. So what I'm saying is members of Islam, and I'm concluding, is the level of confidence that existed once in the Muslim Ummah, which is sadly lost today because people are saying that you don't look good, your hair is not right, your skin is not right. Today, often, like what they say today, plastic surgery is that one of the leading medical industries. Today, beauty is not in the eye of the beholder, beauty is in the skin of the plastic surgeon. Then you have to see it. Anorexia, bulimia, in America, one of every four young girls suffers from bulimia and anorexia. What is that? What is when they eat, they vomit out the food because they don't want to gain weight. Why? Because they look at magazines, they look at television programs, they give them the perfect image of the shape of a woman's body and makes them look self-esteem and takes away the confidence where they think that we do not depict or we do not resemble what we are seeing in the media then we are going to be ridiculed and we are going to be mocked and this is leading into this type of mental issues. We as Muslims should not fall prey to this, especially our young generation. That is the message for today, inshallah. Zayn Mahfira is requested for Halima Bibi Madal, Haji Muhammad Salif Al-Adin, Haji Yusuf Muhammad Khalid Ibrahim, Haji Yusuf Jusaf, father of Mayra Jusaf Adi. And as I say, we experience a very, very great class of our masjid, one of our very, very great leaders, one of the most wonderful musallis, blessing with everyone is not wonderful, but by experience, our Alibai, my home Ali Ahmed Sheikh, our class has Alibai, so I was such a right corner, she passed away yesterday, what a wonderful personality, a humble personality, Never offended anyone, never made khriba, never created scandals. He just came to the masjid, performed his salah, had a few kind words with someone, and then after he was forgiven, and the yesterday after salah to Asad, in this masjid, he went home to take a small nap, which was his practice before Masjid, and when they went to wake him up, he was a big hisser of the African. What a beautiful, peaceful scene. The last action of his was in the house of Allah, the family of Asad Salah, where they had a in the highest maqam in Jalla to Firdaus, and they are told to be Somebody, inshallah, the Ashifa is requested for Khalida Adams, Abdul Abdullah, Abu Bakr Bukha, Khalid Bakas, Muhammad Bai, Ultif Smiths, Muhammad Salia, Kashif Muhammad, and brother Rafiq the Paradisha, and all those who are aiming the Amazon above him, Shah Kamala Ajila, inshallah. That is the Jira family, uh, invites you uh, to Mogul Yadi Sawah, inshallah, which will take place this weekend, the 13th and the 14th. Saturday and Sunday at the Hazrat Bible School for the Empire, the Fetch of Statues and Open Invitation. One of them is to attend, inshallah. And tomorrow is program, there will be a link for the last of the work in our branch inside of Al Haj, Dr. Hafiz, inside Ahmed Mashali. And inshallah, Saturday will be served, and Sunday will be the main program. For further details, please consult with the Lord of God. Please do not forget to contribute to the Masjid of the Masjid before I start with the Fellow Sunnah Salah. And please come forward and fill in the gaps. Shazakara.
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم يا معشر المسلمين رحمه الله قد ورد في الخبر عن سيد البشر انه قال اذا صعد الخطيب على المنبر فلا يتكلمن احدكم ومن تكلم فقد لغى ومن لغى فلازم عتله فانصتوا رحمكم الله Allah, 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 Allah,
تشهد أن محمد رسول الله ويشهد أن لا سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها المؤمنون رحمنا ورحمكم الله تعالى أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل في السر والإحسان فإن التقوى سنة منذر الإيمان واذكروا الله عند كل شدد وحجر واعلموا أن الله بما تعملون بسير وأن الله ليس بغافل عما تعملون فإن السنن هي الأنوار وزينوا قلوبكم بحب هذا النبي الكريم عليه الصلاة والتسليم فإن الحب والإيمان كله ألا لا إيمان لمن لا محبة له رزقنا الله تعالى وإياكم بحب هذا النبي الكريم عليه الصلاة والتسليم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فمن يعمل مثقال ذرة خيرا يره ومن يعمل مثقال ذرة شرا يره بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات وذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى ملك كريم جواد بر رؤوف رحيم أقول قول هذا واستغفر الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله لا سيما على اولهم بالتسبيح وافضلهم بالتحقيق امين المؤمنين سيدنا ابا بكر الصديق رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى عدد الاصحاب وزين المنبر والمحراب امير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى جامع القران كان للحياء والايمان امير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى اسد الله الغالبه امام المشاجع والمغادر امير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن ابي طالب 
كرم الله تعالى وجهه الكريم وعلى بنيه الكريمين ابي محمد بن حسن وابي عبد الله الحسين رضي الله تعالى عنهما وعلى امهما سيده النساء فاطمه الزهراء رضي الله تعالى عنها وعلى سائر الصحابه اجمعين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا واجعلنا منهم اللهم اخزن من خزن دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى واعز واجل واتم واهم واعظم واكبر والله يعلم ما تسمعون صفوا صفوفكم يرحمكم الله
سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل يا أيها الكافرون لا أحمد لا تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد لكم دينكم ولي سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله العظيم والتواب الرحيم الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم ونتوب إليه اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ربنا وتعاليك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم اغفر لهم والحمنهم واسكن لهم وأدخلهم وأكرمهم في الجنة اللهم ربنا يا شافع الأمراض شهرانا وتقبل منا هذه صلاة الجمعة مع جماعة المسلمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم 
وصل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم الصلاة والسلام عليك يا رسول الله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين رحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين. اللهم اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين اللهم ربنا تقبل لنا صلاتنا وقيامنا وارحمنا وتسبيحنا وتكبيرنا وتحميدنا ودعاءنا كما تقبلت من الأنبياء والمرسلين. وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين. يا نبي سلام عليك يا رسول سلام عليك يا هادي سلام سلام عليك تلا علينا من سليات الرجال وجب شكر علينا مدى للعالمين يا نبي سلام عليك يا رسول سلام عليك يا هادي سلام عليك سلوات عليك يا نبي سلام عليك يا رسول سلام
سلام
رجالكم ولكن رسول الله وخاتم النبيين وكان الله بكل شيء عليما الله أكبر سمع الله لمن أمد الله أكبر